Hello everyone, my name is Wendy Myers, MyersDetox.com. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about symptoms of breast plant illness and the top 30 reasons to remove your breast implants and get an explant. And this is a topic, and we're going to be, we're going to be talking with Diane Kayser, and she had her breast implants explanted and we'll talk about her harrowing story of the symptoms that she endured and how she found a doctor and all of, all of the other things related to her story, her journey of healing. I have my own story. I uh, you know, discovered after 25 years of having my implants, I did a breast exam called a Sonocene to screen for breast cancer. And I found that my implants were leaking. Uh, on this exam, you can tell if there's silicone in the tissues surrounding your breast implants. And with that information, I made the very difficult decision to remove my breast implants. And I found that you know, I've, I'd had them 25 years. They're Dow Corning implants, which have been named in a class action lawsuit with tens of thousands of women and you know I just decided it was time. I did not want these toxic plastic bags in my body anymore and I felt like they could possibly be contributing to some you know mild health issues. I was having fatigue and brain fog and just I just felt like I should be feeling better based on everything that I was doing and I found a doctor and I had them removed and there's a lot of fear around that Am I going to look like, like, am I going to have franken tits <laughs> specifically? You know, are my breasts still going to look appealing? Are my breasts going to be really, really small? Um, are my breasts going to be healthy? Um, you know, there's a lot of concern around obviously getting your breast implants removed. And so we talk about all of those issues. We also talk about um, you know, how implants contain 38 heavy metals and toxins and what they are and what they're doing to your body. We talked about the symptoms of breast implant illness and toxicity, why you should avoid mammograms if you have implants. There are safer alternatives. I'm not talking about thermography. I'm talking about Sonocine. That's a very, very different type of screening tool. It's a type of ultrasound. It's not the ultrasound you get at your doctor. Much, much more accurate. Detects breast cancer five to 10 years than mammograms, five to 10 years earlier than mammograms, and it doesn't rupture your implant like mammograms. So if you have implants, you don't wanna do mammograms. You wanna do a Sonocine screening for breast cancer. And we also talk about how women with implants have higher rates of autoimmune disease, depression, more likely to be on antidepressants, they're more fatigued, they have more candida and other infections. We also talk about alternatives to breast implants. There's other ways to enlarge your breasts. And we talk about Diane's TITS method for prepping for implant removal and post-surgical healing and detoxification. And we also discussed some studies on breast implants and their safety, the well done ones and the bogus ones. And so really, really good show today. So thanks for tuning in. And I had an amazing summer. 
I went with my fiance to Greece. I went to this, uh, four different Greek islands, and I went to Athens, and went to the Acropolis, and went swimming in the Greek in the ocean and the Greek islands. And I went to Italy and the Amalfi Coast, and I went to Dubrovnik, Croatia. And I also went to Paris. So I just had a wonderful, relaxing vacation. I was still working and seeing clients. I wasn't doing any podcasts, but had recorded plenty of them to be able to publish, you know, still publish one every week when I was on vacation. But it was just a, a wonderful trip and just very, very, very thankful I'm able to do that. I got tons of sun, vitamin D, and swimming in the ocean every day. I got tons of negative ions. So really, really happy to be back at my desk and just doing amazing podcasts like this that I know are going to help so many women. One, prevent them maybe from getting implants, which is really my hope for this, this podcast, and have women consider removing their breast implants. So thanks for tuning in. I know so many of you guys listening to this show are concerned about heavy metal toxicity and how to remove them, how to do it right, what works, what doesn't, where do you start. And so I created a heavy metals quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. You can go there, take a two minute quiz to discover what your body burden of heavy metals is. Is it low, medium, high? And after you get your quiz results, you get a free video series on what the next steps uh, you should do. What are the next steps you should take to start detoxing your body? I have this free video educational series after that. So go check it out at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Diane Kayser. Um, she is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She was a pro soccer player also, and today she's a holistic health coach and a hormone warrior, and she's a visionary and game changer in the world of women's hormones and detox, empowerment, and self-love. Her clients come from all over the world to ditch their health roadblocks and discover their soul goal. She is the creator of the Chi Hormone Warrior Transformation, offering the perfect trilogy for women's health wellness. Cleanse your body, heal your hormones, ignite your life. Through her own struggles, she birthed the TITS method, which supports women with symptoms of breast implant illness by addressing and reversing toxicity, infection, trauma, and shame, which all can be part of breast implants. Uh, Diane's gift is to assist others in remembering their divine purpose by activating and aligning their four superpowers, mind of the sage, temple of the goddess, spirit of the unicorn, and heart of the warrior, where spirituality and self-love meet soul food and sisterhood. And her mission is to help purpose-driven women uh, leaders get the body they want, the energy they crave, and the life they deserve in, in a matter of weeks, even if they've been struggling for decades. You can learn more about Diane and work with her at dianekazer.com. Diane, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Wendy. Stoked to be here. Yeah, I am so excited to do this show. I have been wanting someone to come on for years to talk about breast implants, breast implant illness, toxicity, solutions, removing breast implants, because I had my implants removed or explanted two years ago, 
and I feel so much better as a result. And I love that you're talking about this. You're going to be doing an upcoming summit about this. It'll be out in a while. So why don't you tell us your story about removing your breast implants and why you got them? And then I'll tell you my story. My story. Yes. Love trading tits stories, Wendy. <laughs> and, and before I even start, you know, the, for those of you who are listening, um, I just want to share that this is, this is a difficult conversation, um, because so many people bring in a lot of shame to the table and, or I, I have been experiencing some women pointing the finger saying that I'm spreading fear and I'm spreading lies and who am I just, you know, to talk about this sort of thing. I'm not a doctor. So I just want to start by saying like, this is a, this is a compassionate journey, um, into your body, you know, your cells and self-love. So this may or may not resonate with you now. You know, it took me three years from the time that I was alerted to the fact that it may, you know, breast implants were the ticking time bomb in our bodies to the time I actually had them removed. And it was right around the time that you had had yours removed, Wendy, because I had sent you that article and said, Hey, did you hear about this? And you're like, I'm just about to have mine removed. And I was like, it took a while for me to really accept it. And a lot of symptoms later. So we'll talk about that. Um, I played professional soccer, my, you know, in my twenties. And then when I was 30, I moved to orange County and enough said, right. You moved to orange County, California, and you don't fit in unless you have D's. (laughs) So, um, I didn't want to stand out. I wanted to fit in, in, into double D dresses. And so I was actually a competitive bodybuilder at the time. So when you lose body fat, you lose your tits. Yeah. Yeah. And I say tits as I like it. Some people are like, I'm so offended. You're saying tits, but there's a reason I, we call it tits because there's a method that we actually have to help women to recover from explanting their toxic breast implants and recover their tissues. We'll talk about that later. So I'll use them interchangeably breasts, tits, boobs, get the idea. <laughs> um, and so when I was, uh, when I first moved to Orange County, I was 22% body fat, which that was a surprise to me because I was a, a pro athlete. And then I started doing bikini comp- competitions, which, um, you see a lot about all that on Instagram. Now, a lot of women are doing like competitions or they're doing a lot of, you know, steroids or losing a lot of weight. That's really unhealthy for uh, the female body to be under 15% body fat. So when I was competing, I was like 10. Wow. Yeah. And I was getting first place. I qualified for nationals and I, I my head got a little big. And my, mm-hmm. my trainer said, Hey, Diane, if you want to make it in this industry, if you want to get your pro card, if you want to be in the cover of magazines, you need to get double D's. And at first I was really triggered by that, but you know what happens with a trigger? You either defend your bot yourself and you create more boundaries and self-love. I don't need that. I love my body the way it is. Or you cave into it and go, Oh, maybe they're right. Maybe they know better what I need than, than I do. So maybe these are, these are a means to an end to get me where I need to go or you feel like you need to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, or get the love that you want. That was for me. I was like, no one's going to be attracted to me unless I have breasts. (laughs) That's the 19 year old mentality. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's very body dysmorphic and with Pamela Anderson and, you know, Playboy and Hugh Hefner and Barbies, you know, there's all of this brainwashing, So of course that was there and it was, the seed was already planted or I should say the weed was already planted. (laughs) And then the fertilizer glyphosate was, was, you know, was the fertilizer that grew it into, yeah, you need breast implants in order to qualify for nationals and get all these things. And so I did it 
and I got double D's, um, silicone breast implants. And by the way, saline or silicone, it doesn't matter. Saline has silicone too. So before you, you know, hear yourself go, Oh, well, I don't have silicone. They all, they all have silicone in them. And plastic, plastic, and plastic and tons of other things we'll talk about. So I got them and, um, interestingly, long story short, the next show I did, Wendy was state and I almost got dead last. That was my first show with breast implants. So part of me wonders, like my soul may have been like, screw you, Diane, you totally just cheated on this beautiful temple I gave you. You were already enough. And now because you think that you're not enough, I'm going to give you almost dead last in a competition. And then I quit competing them because it just something didn't feel right. Um, but that was 10 years ago. That's why I got them. I mean, in, in addition to the needing to have boobs to fit in where I was and to stand out and really Wendy to compete against other women. Because when I talk about a lot of men with this topic, they're like, what are you guys doing to your bodies? <laughs> women I mean, are weird. I mean, we do <laughs> compare ourselves to other women. We're competing with other women. It's not always necessarily for men or their attention. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, of course it's conflicting because men are getting their own degrees of brainwashing, you know, with porn and, and playboy and stuff too. But like most men I've been talking to are like, I don't know what you guys are doing, injecting all this stuff in your body and duck lipping, duck lipping and whatever. We're doing a lot of crazy stuff in the name of looking better than the person, the woman next to us. And it's just sad. So, um, so 10 years fast forward, I explanted three months ago. And even before that, um, I started to experience rat, like radical skin rashes, um, such bad skin rashes that I was clawing my skin off and to the point of bleeding. I was crying. I couldn't figure out what's going on with me. And I'm like you, Wendy, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So I should, I was shooting all over myself. Diane, you should know how to fix this. And who are you to be a practitioner to help other people with their bodies when you can't even figure out your own. So I was living in this just constant shame cloud, shame spiral. So I was shooting, I was shaming and I had this just toxicity all over my body and it was clear. Um, my bowels were destroyed. I was, you know, back and forth between, um, diarrhea and constipation, the things that were coming out of me that I was seeing in the toilet resembled parasites. But now looking back, I have lots of video footage of them looking exactly like silicone. Um, because now we know with the science and the research that 21% of women that have breast implants have traces of silicone in their lymph nodules. Mm -hmm. That was me. Yeah. And where were you? Well, I guess, well, like, where were you seeing yours come out of, you know, it's like your ears, your pores, it just, your body will start pushing it out if it can't get it out fast enough, obviously. So that's the ticking time bomb at some point, it'll just start rupturing. Um, but that's the gist of it for me. Do you want me to start, you want me to talk about the other symptoms I experienced or yes, do you want to get please, to that another yes. question? Cause you know, okay. I want to, women to be listening to this and Maybe it's going to turn on some light bulbs for them about yeah. maybe their implants uh, are causing their health issues when their doctors, the doctors always say, no, they don't cause any health issues or no. I mean, top surgeons, you know, because they don't want to stop, you know, putting fear in their patients or stop doing breast implants. That's what they do for a living, you yeah. know, so and with some of them, they're, they're dying to be beautiful. So I want women to hear every detail. Okay, cool. So I just gave you kind of a bigger detail, which was like, some people are like, I don't want to know what comes out of you. It's like, <laughs> you got to look back, sister. You know, it's just like you look at your baby's poop when you're changing their diaper. And if it's a funky color, you take them to the doctor. So we, we need to do this for ourselves as well, you know, and stop putting so much trust 
outside of us because like Wendy said, they're going to say, eh, it's no big deal, but it's time for us to take our power back. And this is one beautiful blessing that I experienced to fall in love with my body and have a deep reverence for it, that it was communicating to me all of these symptoms, um, that I actually have tracked. And like you, Wendy, as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, um, for eight years, I've been tracking all of these labs and seeing that I had been doing more and more and more to try to help stabilize my body, to cleanse my body, to love on my body. And my lab tests were getting worse. And I had, you know, the tipping point for me was when I went to go to my chiropractor and I had, I had felt kind of like parasitic, you know, you can kind of feel. (laughs) I definitely went to that. I definitely feel that sometimes. Like I could probably text you and be like, Wendy, I'm feeling very parasitic today. And you're like, (laughs) I know what you mean, girl. And you guys might be like, what are you talking about? But there's like a smell associated with what comes out of your pores. It's how your stomach feels. You can almost feel like passing along. It's a little weird and creepy. Um, but the, but the parasites are there because they need to be, they, they mop up the heavy metals of which there are 30 plus of them in our implants. So, um, what I was experiencing that when it started, I mean, really even back before three years, Wendy, I was, I had SIBO, I had super bloating right after I got my breast implants. I was so bloated when I was on stage, I was having to hold it in to try to create the, um, the appearance of a six pack, but I just had so much you gas. Just spray, and spray painted a, a six pack on <laughs> yeah. into the airbrushing. Yeah. And you could do that today too, if you want to, you could do anything in plastic surgery if you want to, but yeah, yeah. They actually do that before we go on stage. They like create the look of a six pack. Um, So I was just how uncomfortable on a bikini I'm wearing like next to nothing. And I just have total gas. I'm like, I don't feel very sexy. (laughs) Maybe that's why I got 11th place. They're like, you have a gas looking face on your face. Um, so that just is not comfortable. I had a lot of gas, um, SIBO, um, on the labs. I saw I had chronic candida. So I see that on a lot of women now, um, and they're chasing candida, you know, infections with candida cleanses, which will never get rid of the problem because it's there as a buffer to protect you. It's a symptom. I had yeast infections. Um, I had leukoplakia in my inner mouth, which is like this white inner film. So it was just kind of like, you know, your oral health, your gut health is so indicative of the rest of your body. Lots of inflammation. In fact, I lost 15 pounds immediately the first month I lost, I took my breast implants out. 15 pounds. And now I'm at 20 pounds. And people keep looking at me going, you look so much different. Just feel different. Um, yeah, you posted I, on Facebook some before and after photos. And mm-hmm. I was like, God, like you're so less inflamed. You could see it in your face. I was like, God, I wish I didn't even think to take before and after photos. Like I wish I had documented all this stuff more carefully because I was just amazed by the before and yeah. after. Yeah. And that's what I, I wanted to do as I wanted to document this because I was seeing, you know, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of sensationalism out there of like before and afters. And so what we'll see is like women do post their before and afters and their eyes are like a day apart. But then what happens is that's a lot of antibiotics that are going through the system and killing off a lot of everything. Um, but then the woman will go back to her same lifestyle and she'll keep, you know, not eating super healthy or not, you know, we'll talk about the healing aspects later on. Um, but then I noticed that people then even like three months later after that picture was taken, they're back to feeling sick again. So I wanted to document the whole thing as a practitioner with like before and after labs, before and after pictures and throughout pictures, because there's just like, how do you trust what's out there? You know, you just, because you see one picture of someone's before and after it looks great, but like, is that the drugs? the antibiotics? Is it the pain pills? Is it placebo? You know, and then we go back to going back to that same person that we were before 
um, because hope can only carry you so far uh, if you're not changing your diet and changing and cleansing your body and repairing the hormones. So I think some of it is placebo for some of these people that we're seeing. But I wanted mine to be genuine and like really track it the whole time, like a month later, two months later, three months later, um, because I feel that that's very important because that's where most people start to lose their health is a month later, up to a month later, they feel great. But then beyond that, they start to notice things come back. So it's not just the breast implants that are causing it. It's, that was the tipping point. Um, so I, I had low melatonin and, and insomnia. Um, I wasn't like not super bad insomnia, but I was definitely self-medicating. I was doing a lot of melatonin. Um, I had lots of high inflammation markers on my labs, but the things that people can relate to is that I had a lot of food intolerances. Like I, I was getting to the point where I was like, Oh no, I'm going to be one of those people. That's just like our clients who can only eat five foods. And that's so annoying. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, the breast implants, what can your, your immune system has to fight all this stuff where it creates this extra burden, immune system malfunction, and that causes symptoms like food sensitivities. Yeah. Food sensitivities, chemical sensitivities, people, toxic people sensitivities. Although I think that's a great sensitivity to have at all times. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, I was having a, a lot of constipation was a big issue with me and I was having irritability. Um, I, I, I thought about this too. This is really interesting. When I thought about this, I was irritability. Like I, I, I quit, I was pushing people away. Like I was pushing things away. I, I wanted to be alone. I, but I didn't know why. So we think about it. Your body's trying to push these implants out and it's trying to, to defend you, getting them out of the body. So if you're in this constant state of pushing things away and defense, how we do one thing is how we do everything. So you're also possibly pushing people away, pushing opportunities away. That might sound woo woo to some people, but that's exactly what I was doing. Um, I had major hormone imbalances, thyroid, adrenal hormone imbalances, lots of fibromyalgia like symptoms. The worst things for me that were scaring the living daylights out of me were that I had these shocks that were going across my breasts. Um, it's why I took the EMF course to understand more about electronic magnetic frequencies and how they impact our body. Because I was thinking that, wow, if these breast implants are full of heavy metals and heavy metals draw in EMFs and EMRs, then I am typing on my computer, touching my phone next to Wi-Fi, in microwave, everything in a city. And wow, no wonder why these things might be pulsating. I don't have these pulses across my heart anymore that I was concerned are these heart palpitations. Am I having a stroke? Because the, these implants, they leak down and they start to strangle the heart and the ribs. And they're finding these materials in a lot of places. And I was concerned that my, maybe that was happening with me, although you can't see that really well on, you know, scans and MRIs and, and mammograms and, and things. They can't see the details. So that scared me a lot. I had lumps everywhere at this point. I was constantly holding my breast and crying and apologizing to my body. I was like, we only have five more months. Hang on. But I found lots of lumps when I was sitting in the sauna one day. Um, I had lots and lots of fatigue. Um, I was so inflamed that I just didn't even want people to look at me anymore. I, I was, I was so ashamed of my breasts. They turned into like ease, um, as in like E not E A S E. I wasn't easy. They turned into like size E. Yeah, um, I couldn't yeah. fit my clothes. I had like triple side boob. Um, my circulation was so poor, Wendy, this was, this was one of the most annoying. My fingers were so cold that when I was typing, I had to pull them back and I'm like, okay, I've got Raynaud's like, my circulation was so bad. My ribs were out of place so often that I'd go back to my chiropractor. I'd have more pain here and move over here. My ribs were constantly out of place. Um, I was getting sick often, poor immune system. I mean, I could go on and on and on. There was just a lot of that. That's the gist of it. But I had 
over 60 symptoms that was going on constantly. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about that. And I, I start thinking about when I had my implants when I was 19, when I was also studying to be a brain surgeon, <laughs> I, I also, you know, I say that facetiously, but you know, you're 19, you're not that bright. And I unfortunately had enough money to get this surgery and uh, alter the course of my life. I was not in a position to make that kind of decision at 19 years old. When, you know, women tend to be very insecure as teenagers and make bad decisions. And so for me, I look back at my symptoms and I'm like, I had chronic yeast infections. I had, and it started, you know, around that time and continued. And I thought maybe it was the birth control pill, but it could very well have been my breast implants also and fatigue and brain fog and all, just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's not, none of that's fun. None of that's fun. And it'll show up on every woman differently. I'll share this one too. What the heck? <laughs> um, I, when I see a lot of women, lots of puffiness, did you get this too, Wendy? A lot of puffiness around your eyes. Like it just looked like I was, a cloud was following me is the best way to say it. And I, we have like hooded eyes in our family genetically, but my eyes were so low. I have pictures of this. I was so scary. I had a photo shoot one day and I had to cancel it. I'm like, I look so scary right now. My <laughs> eyes were drooping like this and I had black eyes and just like my whole face was so puffy. I was trying prednisone at that point, two rounds of prednisone, all the over the counters, nothing ended up working. I was itchy still. Um, and I ended up having an upper eyelid surgery called a bleph surgery. I didn't know it was a breast implant then, but my eyelids were so droopy that it was affecting my eyesight and I failed the visual field uh, tests. So I had that done. My insurance even covered it cause it was so bad. So yet another surgery to cover up what one surgery had caused all kinds of other problems and complications in the body. So this is what's happening and what we're women we're seeing is one surgery results into another surgery, another surgery, because we're so sick. We're that sick and that toxic. Yeah, and I mean, there are whole Facebook groups dedicated to breast plant illness with tens of thousands of women. There's a reason for this. So uh, mm-hmm. so you kind of told us your own story, but what exactly is breast plant illness? Yeah, breast implant illness, it's, it's tricky, right? Because it's not, there's no ICD-10 code on this. Doctors are not trained on this, even functional medicine doctors. And this is where it gets really tiring for so many women because we're in and out of doctor's offices. We go to the most advanced functional medicine doctors and they're not even aware of this yet. So my whole mission is to get this on the, on your map, to get on women's map, to get on everybody's map and to get it on the map of practitioners. So that's one of the top questions that they ask because the numbers are as high as 15% of women who have breast implants and, you know, 50,000 women removed them in 2017 and increasing. So we're getting implants because of breast cancer and, mam- you know, having a complete um, breast removal because depending on the, the type of breast cancer removal, mastectomies, people are opting for that. So um, it's pretty prevalent today and it's time that we really, you know, put this on the map. But it's really hard to say, you know, all of the symptoms that I just listed are characteristic of a lot of women who have breast implants that are complaining about similar symptoms. Now, those are also similar to someone who has MS. They're also similar to someone who has fibromyalgia. Because that's why they say on their fibromyalgia-like symptoms, you know, it's such a loose diagnosis, fibromyalgia. It's like, we don't know. You're inflamed. It's everywhere. It's systemic. Let's just call it fibromyalgia. I don't know. 
Um, but there's no root cause conversation of like why you have these, this cluster, you know, of symptoms. So it's a little crazy right now in the whole definition of what breast implant illness is. Um, but it just generally is a lot of skin rashes. I mean, that's one of the ones that we commonly see lots of skin rashes. Um, we also commonly see a lot of gut dysbiosis, a lot of gut problems, gut leaky gut. These women are doing their best at being a warrior for their own temple and they're collecting tons and tons of labs. Um, lots, but the biggest thing is autoimmune like symptoms. And they've done studies on this now of different kinds of autoimmune diseases being more prevalent with women who have breast implants up to 800% for various types of autoimmune diseases. And so it's obvious that what causes autoimmune disease, sure, a little bit of genetics, but it's foreign invaders inside of your body that we're trying to push out. And you've talked a lot about this in your show, so I'm sure you can refer to a lot of other autoimmune disease like um, interviews that you've done. But autoimmune disease is simply your body accidentally attacking self because it's thinking it is trying to protect self from a foreign invader. And it, it's your own tissue becomes the enemy on, you know, by accident. So these breast implants are full of 38 plus toxins and the body is trying to push them out. We're seeing rupture rates. Um, of course, rupture rates are higher over time. Um, but your, your breast implants do not need to rupture for you to experience symptoms. In fact, you know, like I said earlier, 20% of women who have, uh, are there, we're finding silicone in lymph nodes but most of these women are asymptomatic. They have no symptoms. So they're like, oh, everything's fine. In my personal opinion, no woman that has breast implants is fine. Because that's like saying that you could eat glyphosate, Roundup, pesticides all day long and no big deal. There's going to be some kind of impact. It may just not be super immediate, right? Yeah, you're going to pay a price at some point. Your body has this extra burden it's dealing with. It might not be the straw that broke the camel's back, but add in another infection, add in a stressor, add in more toxins or just stuff happens. And then it's just one more additional thing to add to the stack that at one point could push you over into health issues. Yeah. And that's just it is that that's my personal belief is that, you know, breast implants could be a big part of the equation of why a woman gets really sick. Because most women that we, we treat say, I got sick pretty quickly after I got my breast implants. So we can actually pinpoint to that, but then they just didn't want to admit it because they wanted to be in denial. They thought maybe it was something else. Cause also no doctors are really talking about this either. So if it were the breast implants, wouldn't a doctor would have said something, right? So they're just like, okay, well, what's wrong with me then? Yeah, because you go to your doctor, you ask them questions, you ask the plastic surgeon questions. And and I've asked this for too many plastic surgeons. I've been in many plastic surgeons' offices, okay? Mm -hmm. for a very, And I'll say why in a minute. But it's, and they all say, no, breast implants, there's no research that shows that breast implants cause, breast implants cause autoimmune disease or cancer they don't have fungus and sin, I mean, just a complete 100% denial across the board. They're fine. I'm like, yeah. you can become sensitive to blueberries, okay? <laughs> you point. can become sensitive to a plastic toxic tit bag. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can develop an immune response to that, okay, doc? Like, please, right. no. Because I, I, you know, even the doctor I had my breast implants removed said the same thing. I had a girlfriend that went to a top surgeon in Australia she decided at 45, she wanted some breast implants after her, she had her children, her boobs were sagging. And I begged her not to do it. And I said, here's this, you know, it can grow fungus inside. It can get mold inside. It can, 
you know, there's toxins in it. She's like, but my surgeon said that's all a bunch of BS and she did it anyways. And uh, so this, you're going to your doctor. That's probably the answer you're going to get. Yeah. You know what, Wendy? It took me 11 doctors to decide on the explant surgeon I worked with. And here's why. The first one I went to, sure. Explant was covered by my insurance through him, provided that we had all the proper diagnosis codes and reasoning. That's another story, but we help women with that too. And we have a Facebook group as well called Reversing Breast Implant Illness with Sarah and Diane. Um, and my explant only cost me 150 bucks through my insurance, whereas a lot of women are paying seven, $8,000. So I we help women with that. I paid $15,000. Just to remove it? Or did you also have the lift? I had a lift also. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. fat transfer though, right? It was just the no, lift. just and, the lift. Yeah. 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 And that's what a lot of women are opting to do because these things pull our skin down. And my nipples were like, Hey, South, how you doing down there? Yeah. I'm like, I can't see my nipples. From this yeah. Thing. I just Where saw, I had visions of like National Geographic magazines and like the breasts hanging down to my <laughs> belly buttons or having cut up Franken titties or scarred yeah. up breasts. It was my refined. I'm happy. I'm, you know, I'm, they're not perfect, but I'm, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Yeah. And why, why was our goal ever to be perfect anyway? Where did we get that stupid idea? Like every year they're going to sag more. Let's redo it again. So, and in, and in other cultures, this is the whole thing. And this is what my mission is too, is to shift the culture about what makes us beautiful because in other cultures, it's like saggy tits is a, is, is a trophy. Cause you're like, look at how many kids I've breastfed. And it's and in other cultures, you know, long necks and big earring things are, that's what makes you beautiful and more regal and more Royal. So it, it's just, it's just a cultural thing and it's going to take a while to deprogram us. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention too, because some of the things that I experienced were not necessarily what I'm seeing other women experience too. So ladies also watch out for, you know, hair loss and to the point where you're like, I'm seeing clumps of hair falling out. Or in my case, I had about half of my hair was not growing back. So my hair thinned a lot, um, getting sick often. That's because breast implants are, our body's trying to push them out. So that's a lot of work for the body to do. So that's ends up screwing up your hormones. Cause at some point your adrenals release cortisol trying to push them out. That's a stress hormone. Your sex hormones get the back seat. You lose your sex drive. Oops, I got some brain fog. Do I even remember that I want sex? And then you've yeah. got like low melatonin. You're not <laughs> sleeping. You're like, oh God, my life is a living hell. It must be my hormones. It's like, it no. It must be I'm getting older. must just be I'm getting older. You know, maybe it's just my genes or maybe it's just my husband or maybe it's just my job or, you know, we come up with all this stuff because it's just the standard thing that everybody says, right? But it's not, you know, you get this ticking time bomb in your body and your beautiful temple is speaking to you in the language of symptoms, trying to get your attention. And we're cursing our body saying, screw you. Why me? Why am I having all these symptoms? This is terrible. My body hates me. And it's like, no, your body loves you. It's just trying to get your attention. And so it's our job to listen. But unfortunately, very few, if not anybody in Western medicine is teaching you how to listen. Here's what this symptom could mean, especially with regard to breast implants. So other things is like, sensitivity to sound, sensitivity to, to, to light. That's a big one. It's like, Oh God, things are so bright outside. Uh, lots of temperature intolerance. It could be 90 degrees outside. You need to like a, a blanket, um, really difficulty concentrating, uh, lots of night sweats. Sure. You might be going through menopause, but if you're having night sweats and they're so bad that you can't sleep and you're not able to have sex and you're not even able to lay next to your significant other, it's a problem. So, I mean, 
I, I have all this stuff on my website so you can read more about this, um, like lab markers. And we have videos that show like what we typically see as patterns on lab markers. But the biggest one that I'll say is that there's a lot of very poor immune system function. And then we see a lot of people doing all these different bug killing things like candida and parasites. They go on these bug killing sprees, but it's because their immune system is so low. Wendy, my um, secretory IgA, which is one of the markers we look at, the goal would be that's like 1200 on a stool test. And this is not something that your insurance approves. Doctors wouldn't even know it in allopathy world if you asked them for it. But the goal would be 1200 for that one marker that's a, a indicator of your immune system health. And instead of 1200, I was 44. Well, wow, that's so crazy. I mean, that's a marker of your immune system functioning. So not good. <laughs> no, no, especially because, you know, we are having so many problems now with recurrent and, and very frequent infections. And we go to the doctor and put on all these antibiotics and antibiotics, especially the systemic ones, the ones that are, go throughout your entire body, um, overuse of those things can actually lead to, uh, tendon and tissue and tissue and, um, uh, all kinds of connective tissue, including your hair and your skin, um, disorders. And so in fact, I'm sitting here right now, three months post explant, and I have ruptured my Achilles tendon completely. And I had taken three antibiotics after, you know, during my surgery, my explant surgery. Um, so in last year, there was a, a, a few days I took Cipro, which is fluoroquinolones, a class of antibiotics that actually make your tendons completely weak. Um, you add that to dehydration, you add that to, you know, hormones not producing super well. You add that to sure age stress, you add that to having breast implants in for 10 years and your body just goes, uh, tipping point. And it just like is the straw. So these things, it's like one thing I want to impart upon all of you guys is that it's not just because one thing happens at the end, you can't correlate that to the, just like the previous thing that just happened. Of course, food poisoning. Sure. But like if you, you could also avoid food poisoning if you have a better, uh, immune system function, if you have a higher, you know, that's why you say like, Oh, this person didn't get sick and this person did get sick and we ate the same meal. Well, how is that? It's because that marker, secretory IgA, as well as many other things in the body might be much healthier than this other person. So you might have like your, your husband may have not gotten sick and you ate the same meal, but you over here with breast implants and years of hormonal chaos and your body trying to fight these things off and you may get sick and it's like another thing and then another thing and then another thing. And then before you know it, you're like, I can't get out of bed and filing for disability and having to quit your job. And this is the worst of it that we're seeing. This is not small stuff. So what we're trying to avoid is you going to get overly medicated, which actually makes you sicker and sicker. And then your, your bones and your tissues get more brittle. And sometimes it's hard to bounce back from that, if at all. Yeah, I mean, and that just, I, I saw this on Facebook that you had ruptured, a complete rupture of your Achilles tendon. I was like, crap, that is classic fluoroquinone uh, yeah. toxicity side effect, which I have a number of clients that have, have like severe damage. I mean, nerve damage and pain syndromes from taking fluoroquinone antibiotics. Some people genetically, they just can't tolerate it. So you have to be really, really careful yes. about that. Yes. I please, you guys, please be very careful. I mean this for your kids too. I mean, we're, this is, we're talking tits today, but like, um, think about your kids, you know, the antibiotic overuse today is such a problem and especially fluoroquinolones. And even Wendy, you know what else too, though? I just started researching this. I was like, is it just fluoroquinolones? And I started finding even more articles that even things like Macrobid, which is the standard UTI, you know, lots of women that we work with too, that have had breast implants or have them 
chronic UTIs. And they've been using Macrobid and also amoxicillin and tetracycline for skin. Oh, I got acne. Give me some tetracycline. That's also another point I wanted to add is that women who have breast implants, um, they did once, it's not like published or anything just yet, but my doctor told me about this, my surgeon, that they did a, a little case study and they found that women that had breast implants and they swabbed the breast implants and the tissue around it, which is called the capsule that we all build around it. We built, we literally build a wall around our breast implants to protect us from that toxicity touching our tissues. That's how beautifully intelligent your body is. It's like, no, we got to protect her. So they call it scar tissue. They said it's just scar tissue. Oh, it's just scar tissue. No, that's like your soul going, hey, I'm protecting you here. Looking out for you, girl. And we're like, why? So yeah, and then you massage it. The doctor told you to massage it and break it up. Yeah. God. And then that moves and it could rupture your implant, you know, um, which by the way, most mammograms that we're seeing a lot of women who do mammograms that have breast implants, they have ruptured. I have two friends that their, yeah. mam- their breast implants were ruptured by mammograms and had to pay out of pocket to have yes. them redone. It's like, hello, yes. you can't see through breast implants. There is no point in getting a mammogram if you have a breast implant. You need to get a Sonocine. That's what yes. I, I did a, a podcast on that, but that's what you have to get. Thank you, Wendy, because that's 55% reduced ability to see infected tissues like breast cancer when we have implants. So we go in there thinking it's the right thing to do because we're brainwashed into it and we're actually shamed by our doctors to do it. I actually did a podcast too with um, Felice Gersh on this about Dr. Felice Gersh and my, that'll come out soon about like mammograms and how um, it's actually making us sicker, even with women without breast implants. But I digress, listen to Wendy's show on that. Um, so yeah, the... Um, there's like 10 different kinds of bacteria they found consistent among women that have had breast implants in that swab of tissue, 10 kinds of bacteria. And the unfortunate thing is that in between that shell, and if you're listening to this podcast, you can't see my hands, but there's a shell and the implant in between the implant and that capsule that our body creates. That's where these bacteria live And our immune system, secretory IgA, immunoglobulins being sent to try to kill those bacteria can't get there because it's perfectly protected in this little, this little, um, bunker. So then you get the breast implants out and this bacteria flies everywhere. One of these is uh, a type of bacteria that's called acne, something da, 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 acne. So women who have breast implants get acne all over their body and they take tetracycline for that acne, but tetracycline is now also known to reduce tendon health and circulation and oxygenation to the tissues, which is a big part of probably why I got injured. So there's even beyond now, even beyond the fluoroquinolones, of course, they're the worst, but then you start adding like all of these other antibiotics and then you start using antibiotics in your skin, you know, for hands, you know, cleaners and sanitizers. And before you know, it, we're so sterile, we have no more good bugs left to fight for us. Yeah. I, I hate those, those hand sanitizers. I mean, the essential oils are fine, but the other ones, yeah, those like toxic chemical ones, ugh, they're so disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like at the store, like, oh, get this out of your face. I'll take the bacteria. I love bacteria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except the ones on breast implants. Yeah. Right, and, right. And, right. And, and antibiotics also kill mitochondria. This is something a yes. lot of people don't realize that antibiotic, our, our mitochondria are relatives of bacteria. So you kill mitochondria in your energy production, little powerhouses with antibiotics too, every round you take. That's so, why you have chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so let's talk about 
some of the what are the toxins that are in breast plants exactly i know there's heavy metals and can you name some of them just to make it crystal clear that these aren't little this innocent little beauty bags <laughs> right it's just filled <laughs> of rainbows unicorn sparkles it's all beautiful <laughs> oh i was hoping you'd ask this next um so i actually have lists of these on my website too um but there are 38 known toxins and breast implants, and I'll read them directly from my list. Um, most of these are what's referred to as xenoestrogens. And I know like a while back, there was a really cool supp a supplement summit that you interviewed me for. We were talking about this that you can maybe link in the show notes if you'd like. Um, xenoestrogens are things that look like estrogen to our body, and they plug up our estrogen receptor sites so our own um, created estrogens can't get into the cell. This applies to men and women. It doesn't matter. We all make estrogen. But specifically for women, women a lot of times today were like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I have crazy periods. They're super heavy. And they explain all these things. I'm like, that sounds really like estrogen dominance. So you could have low estrogen on a lab test but still have estrogen dominance symptoms because of these xeno, artificial, estrogen-like um, chemicals to inside of the body. So breast implants are a huge one specifically because of the plastic. So, I mean, look at mother nature. She's got like a Texas size, um, plastic, um, Island in the middle of the Pacific ocean. And it's like, if you look at mother nature, our, our planet has breast implants right on her skin on the surface of the sea. So as above, so below women, we heal ourselves. We heal the world. Because if we're less toxic, we're not pooping and peeing and breathing toxicity everywhere. So that's how we save the world is by getting these things out. So there are about 30 plus different kinds of heavy metals in here. There's zinc oxide, uh, there's tin. And so your program, Wendy, that goes through all of the heavy metal detox too, it's so important. You know, ten, there's tin in here. Um, there are a lot of other things too that are like preservatives in there. There's denatured alcohol. Uh, there's methyl ethyl ketones, which is a huge neurotoxin. Um, there are rubber solvents. There's also phenol. There's benzenes, lacquer thinner, epoxy resin, epoxy hardener, printing ink. Um, like we're being branded from the inside. <laughs> Cause you know, there, there is like printing on the implants. They print yeah. the serial number and the maker and their logo. I don't know. Right. The logo. Yeah. There's pictures of me and the, the one that you could use for this is a picture of me holding implants and it says like the name, the brand name. Yeah. Um, there's also, um, like the heavy metals that the ones that's the most concerning to me is aluminum. Um, and that's, and there's a huge neurotoxin linked to Alzheimer's and autoimmune disorders. And so if you have the APOE, um, three to four, four to four, and you have a high disposition, high odds of getting Alzheimer's, which I do, I'm a three, four on my genes. Um, it would actually could, could actually increase your odds for Alzheimer's or just brain fog in general or forgetfulness and, you know, not being super sharp. Um, there's platinum, there's silica, talcum powder, formaldehyde, lead-based solder, sodium fluoride, silicone, of course, um, chloromethane, dichloromethane, which is a carcinogen. So there's just lots of these neurotoxins, carcinogens, um, acetone, which ladies, you know, you go get your nails did and that's what they're using. So why are these things permanently inside of our bodies? This is insane. Yeah, and so so what what kind of studies have been done on breast implants and their safety? I mean, I saw one recently that said breast implants were linked to a very rare form of cancer. And I think there's more and more studies out there, but say 10 or 15 years ago, there really wasn't. Right. 
And that's the tricky part, right? Is that we have made the assumption. I love the, the documentary uh, Bleeding Edge because it exposes a lot of, you know, other things being used in women's bodies like mesh that there were not studies done on or there were, but they were just kind of like pushing them to the side. Um, so there, there was a lot of push uh, by the FDA for these companies to do studies, but they were incomplete. And so why would that not be finished? Because they asked for a 10 year study. And then people recently were like, wait, there, there seems to be a really high prevalence of women getting sick. So like, what's the deal with this? What is the, 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 where, where is the data? And so what they found is that in late 2005, the FDA requested a study of over 40,000 women with implants for 10 years with a couple of different companies. And many of these women testified they were thrown out of the studies when they reported things like serious health problems I talked about today from having their breast implants after having them installed, or they've decided to have their breast implants removed. So they were kicked out. And one of the employees of the companies admitted that the executives had ordered him to destroy documents related to high rupture rate of these implants. So of course it raised questions about the accuracy. And now what they've asked for is they decided to do their own uh, different third party study. And there was a study that was done over 10 years with over 100,000 women. And that's where I've been quoting a lot of those statistics, like saying that um, up to 800% of different kinds of autoimmune diseases, like Sjogren syndrome, 700% scleroderma, 600% arthritis. Wendy, my wrists hurt now. I got, you know, this injury happened. I feel like I have itis in many places, which is just inflammation of whatever that body part is. So like my wrists are hurting. I can't really hold a plank. And I'm just like, I feel like my body's falling apart. My, my face was aging fast too. So of course that's another part of it is huge to huge to know this too. Women, you want all this talk about anti-aging, right? Breast implants actually create our own body attacking our own naturally made collagen. That's crazy because we go spend all this money and do all these things to boost collagen in our body. Like I was doing hyperbaric oxygen therapy. That's like a hundred dollars a pop. And we're injecting all these things because natural collagen boosting, but really what's the question of where is my collagen production going and why is it so low? It's not just because of aging, it's what is aging us from the inside with these chemicals. So I already talked about like the mammograms, women who have, um, breast implants are three times likely, uh, as likely, um, to commit suicide as women in the general population. Um, also, they found that there was an increase in depression and found to be five to seven times more likely to be taking antidepressants than women without implants. And this is the, the research that I can share with you in the show notes um, because there's lots and lots of data on this. So there's an American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. They found that, like I was saying, 50,000 plus women uh, had their breast implants removed in 2017 because of all the complications. And of course, what they're talking about with, with cancer, it's like there, there actually may be a reduction in breast cancer because of the implants here. Um, but then there's increases of cancer in other parts of the body. So what I'm seeing in a lot of clients, um, is that they have MS, they have lupus. Some of them had ruptures, some of them did not. Um, but what they're also finding is a much higher rate of things like colon cancer, um, three times higher rate of colon cancer, because you think about all this toxicity moving down into the area, causing all kinds of gut dysbiosis, which means more bad bugs than good bugs. Um, so they're finding a lot of these things that they've been testing, um, in, in women long-term. Uh, they also found that their, the, the risk is higher, much higher 
this is from the Institute of Medicine, that women with breast implants are at least three times as likely to have inadequate milk supply for breastfeeding. And in fact, um, we're working with a very sick woman right now uh, who's just about to have her breast implants removed. She's living in so much guilt and shame because her son is extremely sick and her stool test is the most unhealthy stool test that we've ever, ever seen. More bugs than any 30, 50 year old human we've ever seen. And she feels terrible that a lot of this was passed down because there aren't studies to show us are, is the, is the toxins from breast implants being passed down to the baby? Well, the stool test that we're seeing is absolutely yes. They've been finding a lot of this stuff gets passed down. Um, they've also been like, like I was talking about earlier with, with stillbirths. So they find that women that have, um, implants have a three times higher risk of stillbirth. So it, it's, we're passing these toxins down into the next generation. So we have a long way to go, Wendy, but the point is, is that the studies are us. We are the studies, you know, we're the case studies. We're the ones doing the work because there were never adequate studies done by the FDA to prove that these things are safe long-term. Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I had a lot of guilt breastfeeding my daughter winter because I, I actually had two breast surgeries because the first one, there was a problem. And so they cut around the, the areola, your nipple both times and they cut milk ducts when they do that. And so I just wasn't producing enough milk and had to supplement. And I just, after six months, I just, they just were not making milk because my, I just, they just didn't recover. The doctors said, oh, they'll grow back. And when I was 19 and I got breast implants, my doctor went to Harvard. He had all of the credentials. So I trusted him and I said, will I be able to breastfeed? He's like, of course, no problem. That's not even a concern at all. He didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Mm -hmm. He had no studies or, yeah, you can breastfeed, but it's it's not going to be like uh, when you don't have a breast implant. And plus, your your breast can't, you know, it's not squishy where the your nipple can easily fit in the child's yes. mouth. You have this round, hard ball uh, to a, a certain degree, depending on how much fat tissue you have. So it just makes breastfeeding much more difficult. Yeah, it, it, it really does. And it's it's also a part of it is that we, we can't really test for this stuff either. You know, we can't test to see how, cause people are always asking me, well, you know, I'm not really sure if I want to listen to all this. I, I kind of want to keep my boobs and I'm gonna have a kid anyway, but you know, maybe there's a couple tests that I could run. Can I check to see if there's like, do I have silicone toxicity? And there's just not, I mean, there, there was a test that, that people offered a while ago and it was pretty accurate and they were showing and finding a lot of people, a lot of women had excess high levels of silicone. They took that off the market. And plus there are now other ones, but there's several thousands of dollars. So we can just infer that you're toxic. And I say to women with breast implants or not, you know, work with a practitioner to clean your body out three to six months, check all your hormones, make sure everything's optimized far beyond blood testing for hormones. Look deep in the tissues, do some urinary testing for your hormones, do some deep stool testing, do some heavy metal testing, balance your minerals, balance your mindset, improve your love, get your oxytocin high, <laughs> make a healthy baby. Yo, it's give yourself that time because a lot of women are not able to even carry a baby breast implants or not. But we're finding that most women that have implants have progesterone deficiency because they've also this estrogen dominance factor and progesterone is the beautiful nest that keeps the baby in, which is why I said it earlier three times, but it's 450% increased risk of stillbirth, not three times, 450%. So we had women come to us and they're like, I can't get pregnant. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I've done IVF therapy. I've spent 30 grand. And I'm like, well, do you have breast implants? Yes. Okay. 
are you ready to have this conversation? How bad do you want this baby? Yeah, and having that, no, thinking about getting explanted, thinking about removing your breast implants is not, not the conversation a lot of women want to have right. because it costs money. It's not always going to be covered by surgery. I had a lot of fear around, what, am I going to have Franken boobs? Am mm -hmm. I going to have cut up, scarred breasts that no one is going to want to touch or look at? <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, the right doctor. I went to a couple different doctors. One of them wasn't even a plastic surgeon. I was like, he was a cosmetic surgeon. And I didn't, I talked to a girlfriend of mine that works at a plastic surgeon's office. She's like, make sure it's a, a cosmetic plastic surgeon and or a plastic surgeon. I, I realized I was talking to a cosmetic surgeon and he was like, sure, I'll take your money and take the implants out. No problem. <laughs> You're right. You know? So you have to be really careful there. Lots of people will take your money and take them out. Um, right. But my doctor that I chose had, he actually did a study with 300 women oh. and explanting them. His doctor, David Stoker in Marina del Rey, California. So he did, he's done his own study on implants and he just, he's done a lot of implants. But then after my girlfriend, um, looked at my breasts and she's like, you need to sue him because <laughs> she's like, she didn't think my boobs looked as good as they, they should have because she had another friend that had a breast lift and she said her her boobs looked unbelievable, looked amazing. So yeah. I don't know about her, what her deal was, but you know, what her surgeon was or how much breast tissue she had naturally, but I was very happy with the results and my mm -hmm. breasts turned out a lot better than I thought they did. And I mm -hmm. definitely feel a lot better. I definitely yeah. feel like I'm less inflamed. I feel uh, I have my brain works better. I have better mood. I sleep better. I have more energy. I had a period where I was like you. I felt like I was like uh, being fraudulent to a degree because here I am, this health coach, yeah, and helping people detox. And <laughs> I felt I had a period where I just did not feel good. My Nest Health Bioenergetics definitely helped me feel mm -hmm. a lot better and really move the needle for me. But getting the implants out was a big step. Yeah, it's a big step because, you know, we think like they're just in us and they're separate. But the whole time between three to 9% of them break within the first three years. And uh, one implant study of the silicone gel implants doesn't say that silicones in the clear um, found that between three to 20% break within three years, but most implants last 10 years. However, we're seeing many women have them for 25, 30 years. And that's scary. That's the ones we're seeing like really crazy sick, um, tissues that, that block that's created around it, the capsule. But by the time implants are 11 to 20 years old, most will break. And after 20 years, the few that are still intact will break. And then in fact, there was a study that was conducted by FDA scientists and most women had at least one broken implant within 11 years and the likelihood of rupture increases every year. But all of them are leaking. All of them are leaking slowly. I mean, just think about this. When you're in your car and you have a plastic water bottle, it, you know, air, air pockets and you open up that cap and it kind of spits out water. It's compressing oxygen inside. And then you also have this hot temperature of the car that's heating up the plastic that leaches into the water. And they've done studies on this. Our bodies are 98.6 degrees and different areas of the body are different temperatures, different pHs, but it's inevitable. Our body is just leaking these things everywhere and we may not see them. 
Um, but you said something earlier too, Wendy, about implants being, you know, it being expensive to remove them. But I, the financial planner in me, cause I was a financial planner for eight years and I was like, okay, let's look at the opportunity cost of if someone didn't get implants <laughs> and if they invested that into a 401k or a 529 plan or something for their future, for their children. Cause so many women are like, I feel so guilty for spending all this money to get myself, bring myself back to health. And I'm like, let's think about how much money you would have spent in the next 10, 20, 30 years to get these things replaced and to get MRIs because, you know, to make sure everything's intact. So we're supposed to get them removed every 10 years and replaced, which is 10 grand. We're supposed to get an MRI every three years and that's three grand. That's not covered by insurance. So now we're talking 20 grand every 10 years if you're doing it right, which is still not healthy. So assuming a 25 year old woman, she paid, she got implants and replaced them every 10 years. If she had instead invested in a portfolio that grew to 8%, 30 years later, she would have $167,000. Assuming a 25 year old paid for implants at that time and then got proper MRIs every three years and replaced her implants every 10 years. If she had instead invested that money, she would have $280,000 30 years later. So you tell me what's more expensive. <laughs> I love the financial analysis. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's crazy because I, I got my breast implants when I was 19. And the doctor cut some, he's this really nice surgeon in, you know, uh, La Jolla, California. And, but he, you know, cut a ligament too much or something happened. The breast, the, the tissue between my two breasts was raised. So I was like the uniboober. Like I didn't, oh, no. I didn't have cleavage. Oh no. Oh. So I had, so I lived like that for a few years. It was fine, whatever. But I went to another doctor, the Harvard guy, and he, uh, I had to have my implants taken out, my skin sewn to my sternum, and then the, he's recommended I put the same implants back in. And so I had to have that surgery. So there's all that extra scar tissue and recovery yeah. and expense. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and then I had those implants 25 years. Yeah, wow. 25 oh, years. Wow. And they were made by Dow Corning, who's there, there's a huge class action lawsuit against, which I actually am participating in. Good. And it closes, I think it closed in June, 2019 to join it, but they, they're going to be paying out billions of dollars to women with breast implant illness and, and health yeah. issues as a result. Yeah. And there's, this is America is totally different than every other country. I mean, Australia is kind of like us, but in March of 2019 of this year, headline news reported that 38 countries in total and counting, including 33 countries in Europe, have been banning a lot of implants because of what they're doing to their 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 um, their people, their women, uh, their citizens. So there's going to be a lot of lawsuits. There's going to be a lot of class actions. Um, but in that, you know, I think there absolutely needs to be retribution because we're paying a lot of money to find our health. I mean, it's it's hard to quantify, right, Wendy? I would say that we've probably spent hundreds of thousands of dollars ourselves as biohackers and health practitioners to, to lead the way on this. So other women don't have to be so blind and they can find their way faster than we did. Um, but it, you can't really quantify how much money you've spent to, to regain your health back. And that's, what's really difficult. So I also seen a lot of women there's, and we can start shifting it to like, well, what do we do now? You know, like me, you know, if I have breast implant illness or I want to explore if I have it or not, and I'd like to talk about that next, if that's okay. 
um, you know, if you have a lot of these symptoms, then you, you probably have something going on. Even if you don't have symptoms, a lot of women are coming to me and saying, I don't have these symptoms, but I just want these things out because I don't want to wait until I do. And they're just not that important to me. And you know what? I've heard about fat transfer. So Diane, what's fat transfer? Can we talk about that? So I talk a lot about fat transfer because you can still look beautiful in whatever way that you define. I would still say like, why does beautiful need to be defined on the body? But we're, hey, we were all raised the same way. So we do like to look nice. Um, but you can do a fat transfer. I spent 15 grand on mine. Um, you can have fat taken from the areas that are your quote unquote problem zones, like your belly and your, and your <laughs> rear and your inner thighs. And you can move it right up here like Mr. Potato Head. So it's like, <laughs> or Miss Potato Head. And have larger breasts and have cleavage. And I've seen a lots of really beautiful pictures um, of women who have done this. And hey, Wendy, I got a little bit of a thigh gap going and I didn't have a thigh gap before. And I'm like, do I really need a thigh gap? Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I had a little bit of fat there and I didn't have much fat to begin with. I was only 16% body fat when I, no, no, no. When I went into surgery, I was 19. I hate you. Probably <laughs> <laughs> my muscle memory there, Wendy. That is uh, not my body fat percentage. But I think it's, I, I'm a little crazy that I like to run up mountains. Yeah, you know, you're, yeah, you're super, super into working out. Yeah, I'm super fit, but I was like not feeling very good um, when this happened. So it's 19% body fat before. Um, he took some fat in those areas, put them here. I had Dr. Strawn in Newport Beach. He's amazing. Long waiting list, some of these doctors when they really know what they're doing. And that was my 11th pick because the first doctor was like, I don't believe in breast implant illness. I didn't finish that story. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to work with you then because you have zero empathy. I'm not sure if I want someone cutting me open with zero empathy. So it took me 11 doctors because I learned that lesson the first time. Um, but they put, they take fat, they put it in that area. And then over time, your body settles in a year later, your body's where it's going to be again. But my breasts are perky They're They, my, my girlfriends are like, you, you have like 21 year old tits. I'm like, great. Thanks. <laughs> um, and so I got a lift. My nipples are in the middle again, instead of facing South. Um, and it's okay if they are ladies of, this is no shame or anything, but I, because my implants were so heavy, they were 1.2, uh, pounds each because I had double D's 1.2 pounds. No wonder why everything was falling forward. Um, by the way, when they cut your implants out or when they, when they cut your body open to put implants in, you lose, um, function of a big part of your chest tissue, um, your pec, it doesn't grow back. So that's another thing they don't tell us is that you lose, you know, up dog, upward facing dog presses. You lose a lot of that mobility because you lose that tissue. They'd never tell us that. Oops. Um, so that's a lot as a yoga teacher too, wanting to use that. I'm like, how come I can't get up all the way? So that function's pretty important. Um, if you're an athlete to know those things before you get cut open. So, um, yeah, I'm now 14, 15% body fat. I've lost 20 pounds of weight. Um, and that a lot of that was inflammation. A lot of that was toxicity stored in my fat cells. So if you're having a hard time losing weight, which is another symptom of breast implant illness, a lot of that's inflammation. Is it false fat? Is it toxicity? You know, it's a little bit of everything. Xenoestrogens too, because, um, more fat releases estrogen and xenoestrogens in the plastic. So it's just a, it's, it's difficult to lose weight, but the options are so amazing now to re reconstruct your body that we just don't need implants anymore. We can use your own tissue. The only thing is, is that, uh, you will lose some of that of course after, and some doctors will say, Oh, you're not going to lose that much, but you do. Yes, you do. You know, the surgeons are not going to tell you all that. I lost about 50% of mine. Um, so could I have had it without fat transfer? I think so. I think so. Had I, you know, done it again, I might have just chosen to have them removed and have a lift and then see how my body adapted. 
and then maybe do fat transfer as a second surgery. About half of women opt to do it that way. Half of women are doing fat transfer, lift, removal, uh, and then the other half are just having them removed maybe with a lift. Yeah, I didn't, out. it's interesting. I didn't even get that option. I didn't even, the doctor didn't talk about fan, fat transfer as an option at all, but he mm -hmm. did talk about, hey, if you want to put in a smaller implant, <laughs> you can do that. And uh, <laughs> and I, can, I seriously considered it for a second because um, I, was, I was scared about how my breasts were going to look. I was scared about having yes. no breasts. I, you know, I definitely, that's why I got implants in the first place. I felt like I didn't have large enough breasts, but I'm so happy that I didn't do any of that. And I just wanted to see what my breasts were going to look like with mm -hmm. a lift um, after I had them out. I'm super happy, super, mm -hmm. super happy. Me too. I, have, I mean, I, I have boobs. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I delayed it for three years thinking that I was going to have Franken boobs. I was so scared. That was the main thing. And I suffered that whole three year time period. My symptoms got worse. I was like really angry at myself thinking, did I just wait too long to the point of, do I have breast cancer? Like I, am I going to die? Did, did I really sing the song I came here to sing? Um, did I listen to my intuition? And it was just like, that's, I love my body so much now. So there's the victimness that I see also in women who are like, Oh my God, the FDA screw them and the doctors and then they get real mad. But here's the thing we made the choice. And even if the information was out there when we first got these implants in, would you really have listened? Would you really have listened? And let's like, I think about that all the time. I'm like, they could have showed me a whole list of all the increased risk of this and this. And I'd be like, I don't care. I just want to look I better. Know. I did not care. I'm like, where do I sign? For right. Where do right. I sign? That's <laughs> right. the first thing. The minute I got my hands on some cash, first thing I yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. That's what a lot of people say. It's like women say, I didn't get them, but if I had the money, I would have done it. And so this is an epidemic. It's not just the women who have done it. I, I know very few women that have said, no, I've never thought about getting breast implants. Like everybody has said the same thing that I've talked to is I'm glad I dodged a bullet listening to your story. Um, but of course on the other side of breast implants too, you know, we've got some irrigation to do. So do you want to talk about that part next? Yes, please. Yeah. So, um, we're a lot of women are, and if this is you and you're like, I'm going to get these out, I'm over it. This totally resonates with me. Um, what next you can go to my website. There's a lot of like, uh, I, I have breast implant illness, you know, what now there's all kinds of blogs, just like 12 of them that you'll find right off the bat when you get in there, depending on when you listen to this dianecasia.com. Um, so once you decide that you're going to have them taken out, then you can start getting planning. And that's where, you know, my team comes in and we look at, okay, well, when's your explant date? It's a good idea to get some labs done prior to, and I'm not just talking blood tests. I'm talking like the standard CBC and everything. Um, I'm talking like deep level advanced, looking at the, the root cause issues that I've talked about today, like that I looked at how many metals, what kind of, what is your hormonal status? What's your body using in hormones? Do you have xenoestrogens? Like what's in your stool? What's what on your gut inflammation, infection and imbalances, and then integrating all of that. Um, and then when you get your implants out and you can start preparing your body because a lot of women go into surgery and they are so depleted and so many nutrients and hormones and oxygenation and dehydration that their surgery happens and it takes them a long time to recover from their surgery. And a lot of women are just not doing well after surgery. They're bedridden for three months. They have to check out of work that costs a lot of money. The opportunity cost of not working could be 10 grand, you know, a month. That's $30,000 of lost revenue, right? And then maybe your children and you can't take care of them. And there's the emotional hit of that. 
marriage start to fall apart. I see this on the other side all the time. So if you can get a plan before so that right after you explant, your body's more ready for the surgery. And then a month later, once your body's kind of had its adjustment period, then you can start working on the tits protocol. We have the, the tits method, which is we're looking at toxicity. <laughs> <laughs> it's spells tits. It's spells tits. <laughs> the tits method. Toxicity, infection, trauma, and shame. So we have all of that. Every woman has that. And some women are like, oh, I don't have any shame. And it's like, well, if you didn't have shame, you wouldn't have got them to begin with. So let's just be real here. How do we love our body more? The antidote is self-love. Um, and then the trauma of our physical body and like what's happened inside of the body, uh, ATP generation, like you said, we can't make our own energy. The toxicity is so deep. So it, our body does not detox on its own with implants. It does, of course, sure. But we have to give it extra help. They, our hormones don't just bounce back. Our immune system doesn't just automatically adjust. The biggest myth I see in the breast implant illness world is that, oh, that's just a detox reaction or just get the implants out and everything will be fine. Yes. Like you said, Wendy, um, you felt a lot better. So did I, but we're practitioners. So there's a lot of women that just don't get that. We've got to go in there and really bind these metals and pull them out, get into the brain. You've got to have all these um, pathways open, you know, you've got to be sweating a lot. You've got to be pooping enough and, and you've got to have your, your, your kidneys open too. So all of these pathways need to be open first. So there's a very strategic method of getting these things out. So it could take three years for you to bounce back if ever, or you can get it done in like three months and be back to where you want to be and better because sure, you know, we, what most women will say is 70 to 80% of the symptoms resolved after, but then a year later they're going, uh, but I'm not, I'm worse. And this is the most common thing we're seeing because those, the gut issues and infection was never addressed. Um, the toxicity was never all the way comprehensively, uh, addressed and didn't de detoxed. Um, and the emotional component of it too, because now what we're seeing, and this is why I'm doing this big summit on it is that women go from, okay, I had my breast implants removed. What do you think about Botox, Diane? Uh, what do you think about fillers, Diane? What do you think about hair dye, Diane? And I'm like, we still have the same problem. And the problem is deep rooted shame that we need to look younger all the time. And it's pretty crazy what we'll do for beauty. We're dying to be beautiful. Yeah, we're dying to be beautiful. Yeah. And you know, all, so many women, certainly myself have suffered from, you know, body and dysmorphia and feeling the need to do all this stuff to us. Um, but yeah, ultimately, yeah, you've got to work on that part of yourself, which is just loving yourself how you are. And I think that gets easier with age. You become sure more, more accepting and more, you know, uh, you have developed more self-love and just don't care about the same things. Um, find your partner who loves you just how you are. And I think mm -hmm. the, that journey is easier as we get older, but not always, not for everyone. Right. Um, so I think that's a great part, great part of this conversation. Um, yeah. So so tell us, like, how can people work with you? Um, if they are concerned about the breast implants, concerned about breast implant illness, and want to get information about explant surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So we have something on my website that you can go to dyingcage.com and at the very top, you'll see, you know, watch your masterclass. And I want you guys to watch that. We have taken all of like this, this 
compiling all this data has taken me years to put together in like a tiny, like 50 minute video. And we talk about the top five things that you need to know if you're going through this process and the most empowering steps to get you from explant to, um, to recovery, whatever that looks like to you. Cause some women are like, Oh my gosh, all of a sudden I had the clarity to dream into what I, a life that I didn't even realize I wanted because I was living in my nightmare and that was bigger than my dream. So watch that. We don't work with just anybody. You know, we work with the women who really, really want good health for themselves, who really understand the, their value in this life. So if a woman says, oh, I just want to feel better, or I just want to get back to the gym, or I just want to like, like, that's, that's not going to get you across the finish line. That'll be a waste of your time, money, and energy. Then you'll be upset that you're spending more money on your health. So we work with women who are really invested on and in bringing their, their, their life back. And so watch that. That'll educate you on some things that you can do. Also, if you're like, wow, I'm feeling really inspired. I want to talk to someone from Diane's team. Then you can book a call with us and we'll have a conversation and get you on the exact map. Like what's going on with you? What things have you tried and where do you want to go? And we'll tell you if you're a good fit for the kind of work that we do. Some women, you know, we refer them out to our detox program or we refer them to other practitioners or other surgeons. So it just depends on where you're at. Um, but we work with women who have made the decision to explant and are a couple of months away or have explanted and want to bring their body back. But if you're the kind of person that's like, oh, I don't even know what to do, can I talk to you? That's where I, why I created those blogs. And we have a Facebook group too, it's, that's reversing breast implant illness with Sarah and Diane. Um, lots of videos we do you know, in their Q&A support for you guys. So it doesn't matter where you are in your journey, we're here to support you. But if you're the kind of woman that you're, is just on the other side of bringing your body back to life, that's where we really come in handy and can save you a lot of time. I love that you're doing this. I think this is so needed. I think it's so important. There is not a lot of information or help out there. I know because I did all these searches and was looking for information to even like, you know, two, three years ago. And there's not a lot of things that help to guide women on what to do, how to de, because I was searching how to detox after breast implant removal, or how do you de, what's in breast implants, and what what supplements remove the toxins, and what, what removes silicone, and yes. there's just no information out there about that. So thank you so much for putting all this together and helping women because they they really need education about this. Yeah, that's why I created it. So same thing, Wendy. I felt so alone in my searches, I was by myself and I know what to look for as like you as a practitioner and I'm not finding anything or I'm seeing eat some more cilantro, you know, drink some chlorella and, and then seeing people doing all these things. And then I saw one woman's site that was like, here's 130 supplements that you need to take once you explant. And I was like, no woman is going to do this. So I was like, I have to create a realistic in order protocol that women can follow and customize it to them because we can't just go out there and start taking box cleanses and think it's going to get better or bug killing, you know, um, blends and think it's just going to get better. We have to understand why everything is happening the way that it is, have it customized exactly to you so that you know what your roadmap is. It is not an easy process. This is not an easy recovery, but my goal was to make it so easy on women so they can get back to being the mom or the wife or the boss or, um, the, crazy wonder woman in bed or whatever it is that she wants again, because we're supposed to thrive here. And I want that for all women, breast implants or not, but I have so much compassion and empathy for women who are struggling and just don't have the answers. Cause uh, you know, just so you know, too, 
searching online, there's going to be a lot of limited information that you're going to find on this kind of stuff. It's going to, the game's going to start changing. So follow Wendy, follow me, you know, that's good source of all this information because it's going to start to change a lot. Yeah, because it's interesting, you know, I, I got blessed breast implants because I was trying to feel better or I wanted men to be more attracted to me and I got them. And what happened was actually just more people looked at my breasts. That was yes. really the only, and I started dating guys that were like, I really don't like implants at all. Like most of the guys yes. I did, like they hate implants. And I'm like, oh, and I know. <laughs> so that was part of my education. <laughs> and so you have to ask yourself if these implants are really serving you anymore. Are they serving yeah. their purpose? Have they uh, really kind of, uh, the, do, they have, have they, do they have their expiration date now? You know, I think yeah. a lot of women may, may ask themselves these questions. Are these serving me anymore? And the answer is probably no. Mm-hmm. You know, is this really who I am? Is this really what I want in my body? I have this foreign, these foreign bags in my body that could be potentially uh, a risk factor for current and hu- future health issues. You know, so it's a con- conversation you have to have with yourself. So everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com, where we talk about everything related to detoxification of of all kinds of heavy metals and all kinds of things, including toxic tit bags. So (laughs) thanks for tuning in. Uh, Talk to you guys next week.